I didn't know the same link was going to work, Anita. So I was getting ready to press send. So you just scared the living shit out of me. <laughs> Not really a good start to a Sunday, is it? Oh, well, oh. well, at least I know that it's just one link that actually works now and I don't need to keep re- <laughs> Oh, Christ. <laughs> How are <funny>. you? <laughs> well, a bit less scared than you, I think. Oh, dear. Oh, sweet I didn't Jesus. mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're funny. <laughs> do you know what we've been watching? Oh, what's he called now? It's called Nukes Top 5 or something, and basically people send through, like, ghost footage you know, from anywhere like it's off the security cameras or whatever yeah and with me and the other half have been watching that all week so <laughs> do you think it's do you think I'm, it's made you a bit edgy a bit fucking hell <laughs> fucking computers possessed oh god <laughs> oh well, well that woke me up anita thank you <laughs> do you think do you need to go and have like a little nip of something to calm down that, yeah that's it end of episode thank you thank you <laughs> Let me how to scare me. the shit out of someone in 30 seconds <laughs> oh god oh. lesson learned darling oh. there you go well we've got some good news we've gained another another two followers since last week so we're doing oh. we're doing better uh, excellent I do have, well, um, I do have one question to dig into. Um, oh, good. However, I have, I've been chatting to people on social media and at work. Um, yeah. And they wanted to touch on the whole Just Oil palaver and the Biden and Gates thing this week. And I wasn't going to do it, but I was kindly reminded that I'd made a point of saying that the whole green agenda thing had changed a lot over the years and that I didn't really believe in it. Um, so I have now got a little rough timeline of facts and data. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll quickly go over that and I, we'll see what, what your thoughts on it is because I think it's quite interesting. Um, mm. for the, if anyone's listening that doesn't know what Just Stop Oil is, they're basically the UK's, well, one organisation in the UK that's, they're probably green Green, green warriors, so to speak. Um, they do a lot of protests to stop um, the renewal of fossil fuels. They don't want any more to be to be used. Don't want to, don't want any more to be created. And they do this by literally supergluing themselves to motorways, the roads, the pavements, to buildings, to ruining famous artworks, or trying to. I think a lot of them are behind behind glass and more recently they try and disrupt big sporting events i think wimbledon was one of them this week and by throwing orange powder and just making an ass of themselves usually they're really snobby pensioners or they're teenagers to mid 20 year olds that the sort that probably go to a posh university don't (laughs) don't have the best kind of hair a bit dry a bit scraggly and usually dyed blue pink or purple is the kind of people they are so so yeah, they've kind of hogged the headlines this week. They've been um, out in full force. However, I did just quickly want to touch on what we spoke last week because we briefly, due to a question, mentioned 
CV19 and the vaccines. Um, mm-hmm. And something popped up this, well, actually, I think it was yesterday or the day before. Um, just food for thought, really, and we'll see where it goes. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think too much has been said. But um, two doctors at a university, the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. um, they have analysed the test data and re- reanalyzed the test data for the Pfizer jab. Um, and they have discovered in this paperwork that there was two batches made for the Pfizer. Um, I keep trying to avoid the V word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for the Pfizer jab. Um, yep. There was two that were produced. The one that was rolled out globally and the one that was used for the boosters was not the same vaccine or manufactured in the same way as the one that was tested on 44,000 volunteers and that got subsequently approved for usage, which if that is true and if anything comes out of that, I think that's a pretty big deal because... <laughs> mm, that's it's, very um, interesting. Mm, well, we'll see where it goes. I know it got brought to the... Ugh, I'm not really into politics. I don't know what they're called, but it's basically when um, I think all the MPs... I don't think they're in the House of Commons. They're basically in, in a formal setting and they, they can drill and quiz the prime ministers and the people higher up. I don't know what it is. Is it, do you know what it's called, Anita? No, I don't. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it was mentioned in there. Um, I think they, by the sounds of it, they've not brushed it off, but kind of brushed it off a little bit. But we'll, we'll, they're quite well known for doing that anyway. So we'll see where that goes. But I thought that was quite interesting that it, that crept out um, yeah. after, after we discussed it. Yeah, because I've not I've not heard anything about that this week myself. So that's very interesting. Hmm. I'll send you I'll send you the link to it because to be fair, they had a a good debate. There was the guy that got handed the the paperwork, and then there was a doctor from the UK right. from some random right. surgery that was obviously pro jab. Um, so they had a yeah. good good debate about it, but. Uh, yeah, I'll send you the link. It's not a very long video by any means, oh, but interesting. Interesting. I'd imagine that'd be quite against the law if, if that's what's well, being taken. You would sort of assume so, wouldn't you? Well, I know. I'm going to say allegedly. Um, yes, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Um, yeah. That the Pfizer at one point was sending out. This was going back years and years. I don't even think they were called Pfizer back then. Mm. Um, were sending out vaccines to poorer countries with the kids. Um, mm. And I think after a certain point, there was a lot of kids that died in one place. So instead of putting one batch in one crate to be sent out, they allegedly divided all the batches up and mixed them up so that when people did or if they did die, they couldn't turn around and say... Oh, it's, it's because it's of that this batch, because yeah, because of that one or this one, yeah, yeah, because they're dotted around. So rather than having a cluster of deaths, it's been yes. spread around and it's dotted. It doesn't look so suspicious. Um, again, that's allegedly. Um, yep. yep, it is. It is there online to have a read, have a look. Um, hmm. So the climate change thing, like I said, I've done a little bit of research on the timeline of how the agendas progressed and i will mm-hmm. say, i will say it's not that i i don't care about the planet i do think that the planet needs to be looked after i think there's a lot more we can be doing to keep it clean keep the ecosystems and the wildlife thriving like i i am passionate about that i think we're very lucky to have the planet that we're on um and climate change as a whole 
I do believe in climate change. You know, the, the climate changes. <laughs> it's just common mm. sense. It does. Mm. Um, so the first time this really pops up is, I'm going to try and read it off this tiny phone screen, is in... 1958 which was a report by the new york times Mm. and the report said scientists estimate the polar ice caps is 40 percent thinner and 12 percent less in area than it was half a century ago and if life and even in the lifetime of our children the arctic ocean may well open up enabling ships to sail over the north pole Mm. Uh, the Arctic ice as it stands as a sheet is about seven feet thick and that was in 1958 and guess what the (laughs) Arctic ice sheets are still today in 2023 seven feet thick give or take Mm, but they are shrinking so some would argue against it but yeah there is (laughs) there is some well they might they might still be the same thickness, mm-hmm. but their their surface uh, area. So, yeah, that's the reward mm-hmm. I was after. Yeah, that's that's shrinking, isn't it? Is I'd I'd be happy to agree with that. I think there's there's quite a few. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you've called. Maybe scans probably not the right word, but there is probably got like aerial, aerial photography and all sorts of things. Yeah, that's the Imagine, other word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, got me. Uh, 1967, mm. um, the media started pushing the narrative and it was, it is already too late for the world to avoid a long period of famine. Um, this is a quote from a well-known biologist called Mr. Earl Erling. Um, his prediction was by the year 1975, there will be global famines due to overpopulation. And he went as far to suggest lacing food and water supplies with sterilisation chemicals to cut down on the growth of population. Where have we heard that before in the last, <laughs> in the last few years? Mm. 1970, scientists predicted a new ice age. This is what I mentioned the last time we touched on this. Was It was um, the global freezing. Scientists predicted a new ice age by the 21st century, going from the works of a population expert, which I think he was called James Lodge. Um, The article had started with, the air pollution will obliterate the sun and cause a new ice age in the first third of the new century. Um, And that was kind of really the running theme. So in the 70s, it wasn't global warming. It was, Mm. we're all going to die from an ice age. Yeah. Skip forward a year, 1971, a report came out that was quoting a NASA scientist, which mm-hmm. started with the world could be as little as 50 to 60 years away from disastrous ice age. Again, I mean, it's not really happened, has it? Because now we're on global warming. Mm-hmm. 1972, a scientist wrote to the American president at the time, I'm sorry, Americans, if you're listening, I haven't got a clue who your fucking presidents are, and I don't know who it was in 1972. So. No idea. I don't know. Uh, st- stab in the dark. Um, <laughs> Richard Nixon. I don't know. We'll go with that one. That sounds about the right time. <laughs> it was a big stab in the dark. So in this letter to Let's Go With Nixon, um, it was, and I quote, a... Conference attended by 42 of the top American and European investigators concluded 
a global deterioration of the climate by order of magnitude larger and hitherto experienced by civilised mankind is a very real possibility and indeed may be due very soon. The persistent rate of cooling seems fast enough to bring global temperatures in to bring glacial sorry temperatures in about a century if this pace continues. So that was 1972. So they were pushing even harder that we were all going to die from freezing to death with glacial yeah. temperatures. Um, I can't believe this. I just Googled it and it was Richard Nixon. Was it really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, wonder, was, I wonder if he was the one that they kept saying did all the deals with the aliens then. was that? That's not popped up, has it? Uh, no, but I can't believe that that was actually correct. But anyway, I digress. Irrelevant. I'm, take, I'm taking you to a pub quiz, Anita, if you're that good at guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <good at> guessing. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh. Skipping to 1974, the media worldwide, but mainly The Guardian in the UK, had the headlines, Space Satellites Show New Ice Age is Coming Fast. Five months later, the Times magazine wrote a new ice age. Telltale signs were everywhere from the unexpected persistence and thickness of pack ice in the waters around Iceland and the southward migration of warmth-loving creatures. Mm. So this this time, they've now got photographic evidence that the ice is getting thicker across (laughs) the planet, which, again, never fucking happened. 1978, the New York Times ran the headlines, an international team of specialists has concluded from eight indexes of climate that there is no end in sight to global cooling trends of the last 30 years. However, (laughs) the same paper and the other media outlets only a year later in 1979 reported the opposite. They reported people now in their infancy will live to see a time when the ice caps at the North Pole will have melted. Mm. A change that will cause a swift and catastrophic catastrophic change to the climate. So in the space of the year, we've had 30 years of you're all going to freeze to death and die. And randomly in 1979, the whole it's narrative changes and it's all going to Completely flipped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 1982, the first doomsday, I've called it, doomsday date, was given for global, well, it is, isn't it, scaremonger? First date was given for the global collapse. It was reported from the environmental programme that if the world doesn't change course, it faced environmental catastrophe, which will see devastation as complete and as irreversible as a nuclear holocaust by the year 2000. Well, that hasn't happened. That never happened either. I mean, was 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 it Millennium Two Thousand? Is that yes. correct? Yeah. There was. There was. I do remember being at school and everyone saying that the world was going to end. But I think it was something to do with computers more than it was. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, what but, the Y two K thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Isn't that's a lube, isn't it? No, that's K Y. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ask about face. <laughs> Trust you. <laughs> it's close enough, Anita. 
Anyway, and KY is a rubbish lube anyway. Just thought I'd try it that. Actually, yeah, it's not the best. It's, it's rubbish. When you're paying pound fifty for it in British home stores, I suppose it's not, <laughs> it's not really good. <laughs> um, 1988, a report said by 1992, the Maldives would be either covered by seawater or, or their drinking water would be gone by 1992. As far as I last checked, the Maldives is way above water, still doing well. And and doing fine, yeah. Doing absolutely fine. 1989, report said that the entire nations would be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels by the year 2000 if global warming was not reversed. I don't think any country's fallen under the sea. (laughs) No, no, not that I know of. The year 2000 came along. This is when we were supposed to be having the climate change nuclear holocaust. And the... <laughs> surprise, surprise, they were still here. The independent newspaper in the UK reported that children won't know what snow is. I think I remember this, actually. Won't know what snow is, and within a few years, winter snowfall would become a very rare and exciting event. I do briefly recall um, them saying there'd be no snow. Well, that would be a nice thing. I mean, to be fair, we don't get that much over here anyway. Not, not really. <laughs> not but, really. It's a, but it's a fucking mighty pain in the ass when it is. You get it quite bad down there compared to what we have it up here. It's nothing mm. compared to what you have in... Um... Mm. Well, I mean, it doesn't... Ha- See, I think the thing is, like, well, here, it doesn't happen happen often enough, regularly enough that, mm. you know... People have, you know, snow tyres and snow chains and all that kind of stuff. So when it does happen, um, apart from gritting of the roads, there's nothing much else that can be done, and it's it's a disaster. It's for everybody. It's you know, and personally for me, it just means people can't get to class, mm-hmm. so I can't go to class and teach. So yeah, I just that's what it means to me. And it looks nice for five minutes, and <laughs> and the dog loves it. And other than that, it's a pain in the ass. But there you go. Anyway. If anyone's listening, not from the UK again, when we get snow, even if it is just a little bit, everything literally does come to a standstill. Like buses are cancelled, schools are closed, shops are shut. Yep, yep, yep. Because no one can get anywhere safely. Yeah, yep, yep. Anyway. What year are we on now? 2004. 2000, yep. The Guardian wrote, the climate change will lead to nuclear war. Major European cities will sink into the ocean and Britain will descend into Siberian climate by the year 2020. Nuclear war may still happen because we've got a load of nut jobs running all the countries and they're all building nuclear weapons. So that might be a possibility. However, I can confirm that we in Britain <laughs> definitely do not have Siberian climates um, now in 2023. So. No, because it was 27 the other day. <laughs> Yes, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. That and then was lovely. It was lovely. 2006, the world media <sighs> quoted Al Gore. I've not really given Al Gore much time or research. I have heard of him. Mm. I, could, I couldn't tell you who he is, but I know. <laughs> so, he's a past vice president of the USA. See, you I do fucking know your presidents in here. <laughs> No, I don't. I know fuck all about them. But, I, yeah, I just knew. But don't ask me what year, because <laughs> I don't know. Well, go, well I'm, I'm, hmm. I'll go. It's quite an old name. Let's probably go 60s. <laughs> go uh, 60s. 
maybe a bit yeah, too early. I'm thinking it was around somewhere in the 80s, maybe. We did make a movie about change, I think. If my memory serves me correctly. I might have a little Google for that one. Go on with your timeline. So he mentioned, and it was repeated by the media, that unless drastic measures were taken to reduce greenhouse gases, those Mm -hmm. of you that are kind of my age and older will recognise the greenhouse gases, which we were taught in school. Um, If action on those aren't taken within the next 10 years, the world would reach the point of no return. It's way past 2016 now, that 10-year mark, and Mm. greenhouse gases is now not a thing that we get taught or told about, and we're still here. Mm. 2007, the head of the United Nations Climate Panel said, this year was a defining moment of the climate change fight. If there's no action taken by 2012, it's too late which clearly it wasn't because we're still here. (laughs) In the same month, it was announced that the Arctic Ocean could be free of ice in the summer as soon as 2010 or 15, something that hasn't happened for a million years. And this was also backed up by NASA scientists And the BBC ran a report saying the same. However, they changed the deadline from between 2010 to 2015 to bang on 2013. Now, I'm going to stop it there on the timeline because really now I think everyone's familiar with where it kind of goes from here. It was the greenhouse gases effects. Then it was the is the ozone layer and the CO two things, and now we're on climate change, which you can't really den- deny climate change, as I say, because the climate does change. But this kind of stuff, I mean, if people want links to these reports and to the news articles, I'm happy to dig them out and send them to you. But mm. this whole climate, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it, and I don't know what your opinion is on it, Nita, yet, but. This bullshit has been going on for a very, very long time. They keep making these predictions. Nothing ever comes of it. I mean, yes, probably the the climate is changing and things might be getting a little bit hotter. There's Mm -hmm. a system in place that is recorded, and I've forgotten the bloody name and I didn't write it down, but essentially the, the planet Earth goes through cycles, which... In layman's terms, it'll be going into an ice age, coming out of an ice age. Yep. The planet gets yep. hotter, and it just keeps going round in a circle, constantly over the, the same thing over millions of years. And mm-hmm. trajectory-wise, we're due to be getting a little bit hotter anyway. Um, mm. So I, it annoys me to use climate change because it's something that you cannot physically deny it is a thing, but I don't think they're being f- fully honest in their agenda of what's actually going on why do people lose their minds over any do you understand do you personally understand why we've got young kids now terrified thinking that they're going to die in five years time if they don't turn the radiators off i just i don't understand the madness of where all this psychoticness is coming from um yeah i do i think I think what maybe what people might benefit from is that when you zoom into this issue too closely, 
you kind of miss the big, big, big picture. Like you were saying, there's been an ice age before. Mm -hmm. In not in any of our lifetimes, but there there may well be an ice age again in the future. Um, I think the difference is when you look back over millions of years and see what happened to the climate in the past, the thing that's different is human beings weren't around. Yeah. So because we are around now, the concept of a big picture climate change is threatening to us because it could mean we get wiped out. So I think that's sort of where that kind of base of fear is that climate change will happen and it will <laughs> alter our living conditions so badly that we won't survive it. Um, personally, I have always thought that human beings will end up being their own worst enemy, will kill ourselves Agreed. Off yep. in, in, in the big picture in the long, long, long term. Um, we're not managing this planet in a way that's generally sustainable and I think that will be the death of ourselves at mm -hmm. some point. It won't be sort of a single, you know, cataclysmic event. It'll just be, and I can't say exactly what they are, and it's not based on anything mm -hmm. other than my opinion. Um, but but I think that the way, if we keep heading the way we're heading, that's eventually what will happen. Not in our lifetimes, obviously, because it's a yeah. very, very slow happening thing um yeah so that's kind of where i stand on it but i do i do think that things do need to change if we're going to slow that um process down uh maybe we won't stop it but i think that's where people get their uh their fear and also their sort of you know, motivation for wanting to do something that that we just don't want to, like we're shitting in our own nest, basically. Yeah, that makes yeah, that does make sense, and I mm. I do agree with you on that on that aspect. I question whether these predictions, and we saw the same thing throughout lockdown and the whole death rate of CV one nine. Was it Ferguson that made these ridiculous claims of millions and billions of people dead by whatever it was, just purely by CV19? And it turned out it was rubbish. And he did it over and over and over again. People called oh. him out and he still kept his job. And it seems to be the same sort of thing with these predictions is they keep using science in air quotations, to make all these predictions over the decades that have not come true. Now they've, they've shrunk that down and it's a five, six year window. I know Greta Thunberg, oh God, she's fucking irritating. She's, um, since she's been around, made a lot of five year predictions that never happened. She's deleted them off Twitter and been removed. It's, it, it almost seems like there's, there's something to gain from scaring the living crap out of people and for me it feels like it's gone past making the point that we need to care for the planet it's gone way past that now you've got governments pretty much mandating this stuff 
through what seems like instantly, or like with the ULES thing, which I know has not gone down very well down south. There's a lot of people protesting against that. Some of the mm. councils in London have turned around and said, we're not doing this whole ULES thing anymore. You're not expanding it any more than it needs to be. Um, I struggle with it because I believe it was the an oil company that crafted the terms climate change. Um, oh, I've forgotten which one it is now. Um, but they, they basically jumped on board quite early, made the term and blamed the consumers of oils and gas, um, mm. blamed them for the narratives that this was a bad thing and a negative thing. And now all of a sudden they're all sl- jumping onto these renewable energy things. It, it just seems like there's an ulterior motive behind all this, scaring mm. people with predictions facts and data that are so off mark that if it had been any other job you'd have been fired Mm. yeah and i I don't really understand it i mean if you wanted to get a tin foil hat on you know if if the idea is that no one owns a private car in five years time and we're having these 15 minute cities which again they are trying to put in place 15 minute cities that's not i mean they're trying not to call it that anymore. I can't remember what they're trying to call it now, but they've scrapped the title 15 Minute Cities. They're doing all these stuff under the name of climate change and global warming that just seem to be more and more restricting on freedoms. And I I question the validity of it all, really. I don't really know what the end game is with it. I don't get why in the, the last three years more notably in the in the media it's being pushed so heavily and now we've got i mean bill gates fuck it i wish he'd just drop off the planet honestly i can't stand the blow absolutely <laughs> um he's mentioned trying to block out the sun before um but it, it appears that joe biden not that he's much fucking use for anything biden if you voted biden into presidency i mean Granted, Donald Trump's not always said the best things possible, um, but voting for Biden, well done fucking you for <laughs> voting for him. I, sp- uh, I suppose yeah, we don't want to kind of delve into American politics because who cares? But, but I think <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it was just the point of... Um, uh, the one like the only alternative to get rid of Trump was Biden, so it was sort of the lesser of the two evils kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. But was it? <laughs> but anyway, good old dopey anyway. Biden um, and Bill Gates are now supposedly working together to back the idea of spraying chemicals or dust particles at the sun to block out the rays of light to save the, save us from climate change. I, oh God, I, t- I haven't heard that one. Have you, well, Gates, he's said it for quite a few years and, you know, I don't think anyone took him too seriously, but now Biden's backing the idea. I, I just don't understand it. I, mean, I really don't Ooh. understand it. That sounds very strange. Why? <laughs> We're put, it, I can't it just... answer that one. I can't answer that one. <laughs> seriously, I can't. <laughs> it's, ugh, everything just seems... I'm suspicious of it. Everything seems too fast. We've got electric cars being forced in when we've not got the capacity to manage electric cars. There's not enough chargers. The chargers that are there are broken, don't really work. We've got solar panels that can't handle 
too hot of a temperature. You've got windmills that can't handle the wind. Like everything's just no. it's not built for anything. It's just shit compiled together to get through whatever this agenda is mm. so that everybody's dependent on it. I'm all for it. If they can come up with a decent plan to get rid of fossil fuels, oils, whatever, do what they want. If they can do it and it's even a smidgen a bit better for the planet, yes. fine, I'm all for go, it. But yes, you, go ahead, yeah. But it's not working and we're definitely not going to be in the next, is it 2030 or something like that, that they're wanting us all to be pure green net zero it's not doable it's not sustainable and at the minute it's absolutely impossible to do so i don't i don't understand why there's such a big push on it it pisses Mm. me off it confuses me (laughs) it's it's like it's good oh geez it's a bit it's good that people are trying to solve the issue issues it's good that people are trying to do things but like you say they the a lot of things seem to be ill thought out and not Mm -hmm. sort of sustainable in the long term um yeah i don't i I really i don't have answers i really don't um but i suppose it's a bit um Yeah, no, I, I really haven't, haven't got. I I literally just haven't got sol- any answers or solutions because I don't, I just don't don't really know. Yes, I, I, you you can't predict what people's motives are for anything, can you? Um, but mm. like I say, if anyone wants the list or copies of the articles, they're all there. They go back all the way from the fifties. Um, mm. They're definitely worth looking into. You'll probably get hit by a few global warming fact checkers on on the internet. Again, I'd just be very mindful of these fact checkers. Um, When you look into the companies, um, they're not always official bodies, especially ones that are used on YouTube and such. They're um, private companies. Um, They need to be fact checked themselves. Yeah, they need a fact checker on the fact check. (laughs) (laughs) So I said to somebody at the work the other day, if you're going to look into any information, you know, and even with this, I've looked at and listened to both sides. I won't snub one off over the other. I'll, I'll listen to both sides of the argument quite happily. Mm. Mm. Um, just when, when you, people do research and things, I just say, just take an extra 10 minutes. So whoever's giving the information out to you, you want to look at who they work for. Yep. Then look into that company and see who's funding them or who's behind that mm. company or who's the main investor and then look into that investors or com- that source of funds background a little bit because you know a lot of the times you kind of understand why certain narratives are the way they are bbc for example over lockdown they were paid quite heftily by the uh the government say that it's supposed to be a, a privately owned company the mm. government gave them a lot of money um over the lockdown and maxine period you come to your own conclusion on that one on why um I'd say it's pretty obvious from the narratives that they were trying to push out. But things like that. I think good old Gatesy pops up quite a few times. I know that's quite a big conspiracy theory, um, but he is in a lot of these green eco companies is in the background funding everything. And Mm. even if you've got that much money, I'm sorry, but you don't donate that much money out the goodness of your heart unless you've got a lot of investment coming back through, which... 
Which he does. That man makes a lot of money off a lot of things. <laughs> he does. He does. If you're going to do research, take a bit of extra time and just see where the, the funding for is for that. Try and go for somebody that's um, an independent company. Neutral, you, yeah. Yeah, you tend to get a bit less bias on anything that you're looking into when it's independent. And there's there's a thing too, I don't know if you know, you probably have heard of this um, thing called confirmation bias. Mm. Yes. Um, which is interesting because... And and I since I actually heard that named up as a thing, I've been much more conscious of my own. Um, but it it means that when you find a piece of information that props up what you already believe, mm-hmm. then you're much more you're much more likely to just take it on board and go, well, yes, there you go. See, I was right. I was right. Because these yeah. people said so, when it's it's it agrees with my opinion, so it's right. But if you if you don't have a sort of a that's quite like a closed, it's very common, but it's also quite a closed way of thinking. So yeah. unless you have literally cultivated an open mind to be open to hearing a different. Uh, opinion or, or a different fact that actually goes against what you believe, mm-hmm. meaning that you're willing to hear a logical piece of information that disagrees with you but but accept it because it's true. Um, most people don't want to hear um, confirmation of the things that they don't believe mm-hmm. themselves, and it's a, it's a very – easy human thing to do um but as i said it's it's so common and i've i've been trying really hard not to do that because if you're not open to any new information that that uh contradicts what you believe then you've kind of closed really? yeah you've closed your mind haven't you so I'd well, say I do this and that's that. Yeah, I think it works the opposite way as well. And going back to the whole CV19 thing, we just purely watched the BBC and Sky News when it first started. Mm. Um, and yes, we had an inkling what they're saying didn't really add up. But in mm. that, rather than just sitting and taking on board what they were purely saying, we looked at a shed load of different outlets as well so probably the same the same as what you were saying is even if you you are on one side don't be scared to look at the other side and see what they're saying you know I I do all the time with all sorts of things with the whole pronoun thing with climate change thing no matter what Mm. the argument is if I've got my own opinion on it I'll still give the other side the time of day and listen to what they're saying because if you've got two opposing sides I, I genuinely believe that the truth lies somewhere in between. Somewhere the in the middle. Yeah. 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 But most people don't actually think like that. You know, they've got their they've got their uh position, their stance mm-hmm. on something and anything anything else that confirms that, great, yes. Oh look here, look, see I'm right. And anything else that um is bringing forth the opposite is just like, well, 
that's just shit. They don't know what they're talking about. No, that's not that. I don't believe that. So it's not true. So I'll mm-hmm. not listen to that bit, even though it is the opposite of what I think. But that's, you know, that's human nature, really. But it's good to be aware of it. It is. I, I, well, I think affirmations probably, like you say, it's a big driving force for humans, isn't mm. it? Even down to little things like posting on Facebook, you, you're, you're craving that affirmation from other people you know and, and we don't, I don't think as, spe- as a species we like to admit that we're wrong on certain things and it is it is difficult I suppose listening to somebody that's got completely different opinions to you when you're that hard driven to think that you're right as well mm, mm. and and if somebody if, if somebody wants to like I don't I haven't got an issue if individual people have their individual spiritual beliefs and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever gets you through the night is fine. (laughs) But you can't, I won't believe any of that until someone gives me proof and the burden of proof is on the person that's putting forward the supposition or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, I'll not believe any of that stuff until someone proves it to me um and it's fine it, whatever people believe is fine but don't try and change my life with what you believe because it's none of your business <laughs> that goes for everything in life <laughs> well yeah 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 don't force yeah. opinions it's actually quite interesting that you've mentioned that um because the the um, one question that we did have sent through mm. this week's, and that, to be fair, it's been a conversation I've had with a few of my team members at work on our 12am to 4am shifts. Um, yeah, that's when all the stuff comes out. Oh, it is big time, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I know from doing night shift myself. Yeah, yeah. The barriers are down, but we... Um, the question touched on and the topic that we were talking about, and it kind of links into what you're saying about seeing as believing is um, I wonder what your thoughts were on life after death and what people's fear is with the idea of death. And I, I particularly wanted to get your opinion on it because with you doing the job that you used to do and being around mm-hmm. that quite frequently, I wondered a, what your stance was and beliefs were on life after death and death as a whole, and if that job that you used to do changed that perspective for you, being around it and seeing maybe a different side to it that the average person mm. would. Interesting. I know it's quite deep. But Interesting <laughs> not... question. So what's, so what's your stance on that? What's, what's, what, what are your thoughts? I'm kind of in the middle. I mean, in terms of... Spirits and things like that, we have had a lot of experiences over the years in different houses that we've lived on. Um, mm. So I'm probably more onto there is something life after death wise. In terms of the fear, I, I often wonder if it's not death itself that people fear, but it's the way that they're going to go mm-hmm. that they fear the most. Because um, it's quite often 
a common phrase to say that it'd be quite nice to go, you know, in your sleep, not really aware of what's going on. Yeah. In terms of life that's, after... That's the easy way up. <laughs> it is. I mean, there's a couple of ways you can go. That's going, you know, sub-implosion is probably an all right way to... <laughs> All right way to go in the grand scheme of things. Um, but yeah. Waste the, the money though. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're paying for your own no. death with that one. Yeah, but um, yes, that was, I was just being flippant. But yeah, go on. The one thing me and one of my bosses that we really got into was um, the idea that people that have near death experiences always say that they see a white light and see angels and hear voices and such. Um, mm. And I said to him, I don't, I don't even think I've told half my closest friends this, but anyway, we'll just go for it. My experience of it was completely different. Um, I had two cases of clinical death when I was younger, which was me just being an absolute moron with alcohol, which topped with the seizures that I had that were undiagnosed at the time, just completely mm. flatlinders. Um, and then I had, a case not long after that which was done at my own hands which again was a couple of minutes they brought us back round again that those three in particular from what I recall were the same and it wasn't a bright light as such it was basically just a white room um and behind in the peripheral seemed to be like space and by that I mean kind of not like a void but um What's another term for it? Like a, like a galaxy type thing mm-hmm. behind. And I don't, I don't know if it was a voice per se, but it felt like there was three options. You can either walk into the, into the white room and continue. You can go back down into your body or you can turn around and face this space behind you. And the first three times, I suppose if you want to call it clinical death happened, that was the experiences that I had with it. Um, the last one, again, people, close friends don't know this, so I'm sorry that I've not told you, but um, <laughs> the last time at my own hand was at 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was completely different in me, and it's, it's thrown my perspective of it all off, because before I often wondered, was it just how the brain works, and that's how I was interpreted, how it was interpreting it at the Mm. time. The last time, prior to doing the deed, Mm. I'd specifically asked for somebody that I'd just lost to meet Mm. me halfway. And if there was anything else after that, after Mm -hmm. life, um, to confirm it, come talk to me, we can clear the air so that I could be at peace with everything. And it was, again, a white room, but it was a place that I knew well. So it wasn't detailed. It was just the outlines mm. of a hotel lobby room, which I which I knew knew well from the real world. Um, mm-hmm. And they were there, and I remembered the conversations and the words that were said as if it was me and you talking last week. Like It was mm. that clear, mm. word for word, I remember it. Um, and when I came back round again... Um, I just burst out crying. I mean, yes, probably because of what I put myself through, but mm. Mm. that sense of that really happened. It didn't feel like a normal dream, if that makes sense. Um, mm. Right. 
So I don't, yeah, I don't know that. I mean, that's my experience with it. So I, I kind of think that perhaps there is something a bit more out there. I don't necessarily believe in heaven and hell. I'm not religious, but it felt more of an an energy type of thing rather than spiritual, perhaps. Maybe the, my interpretation is that God's, God, in a sense, is more of an energy thing rather than a religious concept. Mm. Um, but I wondered what if you'd had any experiences like that or knew of anyone that had experiences like that or been through anything that's completely changed your perception of it all um no to all of the above really um my thoughts are pretty are pretty uh black and white really um Can you re- can you remember what it was like before you were born? No, not at all. <laughs> no. No. And that's that's what I think it's like when you're dead. It's the same. Yeah. Oh, you do get those people where the where the kids will be um well they'll have like a funny I can't remember what it was now. There was a I remember a young lad being in the news that had um a birthmark on his head and he mm. kept retelling a story of him getting murdered and the name that he kept saying that his name was was this woman that lived in that house that did get a head bashed in by some psychopath. Um oh, so you, you do get mm. kids like that. What's that what's that called? Is it um I don't know. Where they, where kids retell another life, like past, reincarnation. Past life. <laughs> reincarnation. That's the one. Hmm. I do find stuff like that really fascinating. I don't know if it's just a, a want of that once you're gone, that that's it. That's that there is something else rather than just being ceased to exist. But hmm. um, don't. I'd like to say that I'm not frightened of dying, mm-hmm. but I think for most people, it's not really a, fright, a fear of dying. It's it's the concept of leaving and losing everything that we have while we're alive. Mm-hmm. That's that's really, I think, what scares people. Also, I've read a, um, gosh, it was a long time ago. I can't. I couldn't say if it was a study or just a hypothesis by somebody, but this recurring theme of people who've um, kind of had some sort of, you know, cardiac arrest or whatever mm-hmm. and seeing these, you know, the, the phenomenon of seeing lights and corridors and things like that. Um, I've read that, that's just a, a function of a hypoxic brain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's not going to be identical for everybody, but that it's that that's all it is. Um, and obviously, you can, this is not something that you can disprove, really, can you? It's not. Um, I think they have tried with people that. Um are on the way out, so to speak. And because they, they did say that brain activity continues for a while after, didn't they? I think in the end. 
I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I think it depends how you die as well. Perhaps I don't know. Um, but yeah, so so my personal opinion is that when you die, it's the same as before you were born. <clears throat> That's it. <laughs> That's it. In your um, medical career, did you ever have mm, any? Because I know, I know it's slightly different, but a lot of carers always say that older people, if they if they go naturally, tend to speak to people that aren't there, be it loved ones or or family that have already already moved on. Did have you ever seen anything like that before? No, no. Um, Interesting. Generally, I mean, you know. A lot of deaths in ICU are kind of uh, sort of quite. Um, just trying to think of the right word. Um, sudden cataclysmic mm-hmm. kind of deaths, if you like. Um, but then I've also seen the other sort where someone is just got a got something terminal like they're in end-stage heart failure, say, mm-hmm. and they're going to peter out and sort of die over a period of a couple of days. Um, and when it's that sort of death, it's preceded by a period of being unconscious um, before the heart actually sort of completely stops. So in those scenarios, which I've been witness to countless, um, I've never heard or seen anybody do anything like that Mm. um there's a woman i'll have to find the name for i I think i think she's a nurse in a hospital but she does a lot of facebook videos but her sole mission is to educate people on the beauty of that that's that part of life of dying oh, rather she, than is seeing... she a, a blonde American? Yes, she is. Yeah, yes. I can't yes, remember I, her name. Yeah, I can't remember her name, but I've I have watched a few, and um, again, when you know when you're in a hospice, it's the sort of death that I just said. It's sort yeah. of uh, you know you know that it's imminent. Maybe it might be hours. It might be days. It's imminent, um, and generally speaking, people, um, yeah, they have a period of being unconscious. When then the next thing after that is at some point soon, then their heart mm. and the breathing, and then the heart stops. Um, so it's it's a sort of a gradual sort of process. But yes, I've seen a few of those because I was interested to hear what she had to say. Um, and it's good, I think, because again, the whole process of death, um, dying, it has changed over the years. Like, you know, in times gone past, mm. if somebody died at home, you kept them at home for several days. And that was the normal, that was the normal thing to do. And in fact, you can still do that if you want to. I don't think think a lot of people know that, but when someone dies, the first thing that people do is like, you know, oh, you know, funeral director, Mm -hmm. um, get the body taken away and take it to the the funeral place. Um, You actually don't have to do that. I didn't know that. If you want to keep the person at home, you can. 
I remember years ago, there was a guy that went on this morning, and I think his wife died of cancer, perhaps. Oh. Um, and they'd got him on basically to talk about him because he kept his wife at home for quite a fair period of time just to give his kids time oh. to say goodbye and whatnot. And they all thought yeah. it was really weird, but I didn't know that that was actually a thing that you could do. Yeah, yeah, but and because that's what that's what used to happen. The person would die at home, and then the you know people family would would wash the person, dress mm. them, and then they would sort of uh, lie usually in the parlor or the front room or whatever. Um, and people would come round to pay their respects. And I think because now we're so far removed from that process, like the average person would would live, I think quite a number of years maybe before they even saw someone who was dead, whereas mm. historically it was much more, uh, you know, still involved in your home life and people were coming to your house to pay their respects and, you know, the children in the family would see the dead person, stuff like that. So we're just, we've sanitised it and sort of disconnected from it and that that gives mm. it um, its sort of, uh, what's the word I'm after? It makes it a more mysterious thing because we're not familiar with it. We don't see it. We don't experience mm -hmm. it. It's all kind of sterilised and removed from us. And that's, you know, I don't, I, that's not a great thing. Um, well, I mean, in the Victorian times, they used to sit and take family portraits with them, didn't they, and all? So, oh, yes, yes. I mean, yes. They're goddamn creepy, them pictures. But, they, yeah, they, they are creepy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. Um, I'd just like to ab advocate that, um, say that I'm not advocating us doing that <laughs> necessarily. It's, <yeah. laughs> it's not an advertisement for doing it. Fine. Not really, no, no. But I, and I... and I know that within the you know within the culture of the hospital, I've seen like a woman whose husband had died, and she actually wanted to lay on the bed with him, and it was sort of seen as a bit weird. And it's just like, what's weird about that? Yeah, me, no, I wouldn't cluster it as weird. I'd... No, I don't think it's weird at all. But we we kind of think I'm talking about in the hospital system. Um, sometimes there's a thing of like if you don't if the if the family or the relative doesn't do the prescribed thing, mm -hmm. then we think they're a bit sort of unhinged or not coping and a bit weird or whatever. But but you know bereavement and grief are so individual and I, and I think what's wrong with someone wanting to lay with their their loved one for a period of time afterwards why would you deny somebody that's the last time they're ever going to physically be with them you know yeah I think you're either at that end of the spectrum with it or the complete opposite isn't it because I know a lot of people say well I'm, I'm glad I didn't see them towards the end because that's not how I'd want to remember them that's very common. Yeah, it's very common for people to, you know, maybe if someone's uh, died in a traumatic way, that you know, um, something like that, that people people do say that very common. But there's also a lot of evidence to say that if you actually see your loved one 
after they've died, then in the long term, uh, that actually helps with the grief process because you've actually mm. seen the truth for yourself yeah. that they they are exact they are in fact dead. Um, but again, you can't force anyone to do something like that if they're not comfortable with it and they don't want to and they just want to remember them as they were when they're alive, which is very common. Then okay, yep, that's what you do. Uh, but but from a point of view of being able to get your head around the fact that the person has really died. Mm. Um, it has been said that it's can be a good thing for you to actually see them in, you know. I'd never thought of it like that before. Mm. Mm. And also there's, I mean, it happened to me as a teenager that somebody, um, uh, a neighbour that was a couple of years older than me, uh, he died, and my parents didn't let me go to the funeral. And mm. I, um, and I think again, protecting children from the realities of life and death isn't necessarily a good thing. And children, in my experience, children actually deal with things really well if they're adequately prepared. Mm-hmm. And their questions are honestly asked. You know, if you if they ask a question and you answer it honestly, then there's no deception. Yeah. There's no there's no surprises for them that oh, no one told me it was going to be like this. Or so, if you prepare children and ask answer them honestly, then they actually cope with it really well. Probably, you know, better than adults perhaps. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it might be different now, but it's not a conversation I ever recall having either at school or at home about life and death thing. I remember the first funeral that I ever went to, but Uh I didn't have have a clue what was going on. Yeah. How old were you? Oh, I must have been six or seven, Mm. perhaps. I I remember the, um, because I think it was my great-grandfather that died. Mm-hmm. And he used to have a lot of um, toy reindeer. They used to go up to Scotland a lot. Mm. Um, and he, I remember playing with that in the uh, in the church. But, yeah, I didn't have a clue what was, what really was actually going on. going on until much later. But, I mean, I'd, like I said, I don't know if they teach that in, in schools now. And I'm not saying they should teach in schools. But it's um, not a concept that we were ever sat down and spoken to with. No, and I, and I think often often for children, their first experience of death is with a pet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, um, I I just think it's it's like with the whole most other things with children. If they ask the question, give them the truthful answer. Um, obviously, making it age appropriate, but yeah, the more the more honest we are about the process and that it's all going to happen to us one day uh, or happen to all of us one day, um, the better it is for children, I think. You know, as soon as you start sort of fudging answers and telling untruths and making up situations, Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, you know. 
swapping the dead hamster for another dead hamster, hoping they wouldn't notice. You know yeah. who you are out there. <laughs> I hope that didn't happen to you. We did, do you know, we were probably around it a lot more in terms of animal deaths because we grew up on a farm. You were so, on a farm, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so you know and when they, when and they do, did do you think on... do you think there was like no kind of shielding or hiding the fact of what was happening for you as a child? Not really. I mean, because you know sometimes winters were harsh, and every now and again mm-hmm. we'd have to go and collect. Yep. A cow that had succumbed to the elements, or I mean, I know the whole vegan movement at the minute makes out that they they kill cows left, right, and centre. But um, on the dairy farm, the only time that a cow was put to death was when their health was physically at the point where there's nothing else that you could nothing, do for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were never told not to look because, but basically, a Laurie would come to the farm, they'd bring the cow out and then they'd use a bolt gun and then it was done over, finished. Um, yep. We were never stopped from watching it. We were never mm-hmm. told mm-hmm. to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. Just I think curiosity got the better of us as kids and nine times out of ten we did watch it. And then after that we saw the process afterwards because we used to take any animals that had passed to what we called the hounds, which is was what it sounds like. They, it was um, a big kennel full of hounds. I think it was bef- really before the hunting bands came out. Mm. Um, so the the skin of the animal would obviously go for the leather products mm-hmm. that we use. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the the meat, because it wasn't top quality, then got given to the dogs um, as yeah. food. Um, so yeah. we, we kind of went through that entire process, um, yeah. which was probably a bit more than what, an average kid would with with a normal pet yeah oh, agree yeah and and living in a urban environment as opposed to a farm environment a child in an urban situation is just mm. not going to see the same stuff are they i mean it was very different because also we had um pet dogs growing up and when when they died it was a lot more upsetting than when the cows died, so the experience because it was because it, it was your pit, yeah. But yeah, no, it was a interesting <laughs> time growing up. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 I never see death as a negative thing, really. I, I know it's sad when it does happen, but it's not something like, same as you. It's not something that I, I fear. I'm open to the idea of something or nothing being at the other, mm. other end of it. Um, I often have uh, talking to Andrew and I've said a few times that um, I I think I would like I really would actually like to know how many years I have left yes Um, because if if it was one versus if it was 30 I would be living the coming days very differently absolutely Um, yeah um, if it, if I had one year to live, I would take every bloody penny that's in my superannuation <laughs> and savings and spend a fucking lot on just doing or traveling. I would just, I mm. would just, I would travel just as much as I could. Um, yeah, I'll probably get like 
killed in another country or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I, I think I think I would like to know how many years I had left. No, I'd agree with that. I think, yeah, I don't. I think it'd be but quite then, helpful. But then, but then, if you had, if you found out you only had six months to live, would you change? Like, would you change what you did in hoping to avoid dying in six months? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I, don't, I think probably subconsciously it, you would. Um, hmm. Or I think it, maybe like, would paranoid. it be a changing? Would it be a changing doors for the? changing doors thing and doesn't matter what you did you'd die in six months anyway i'd, I'd definitely pack yeah. in work i'd tell them to shove it if i had six exactly. months left, i'd be exactly. like do you know, do you know what yeah. this is not worth it see you later yeah yeah <laughs> i've got enough as long as you had enough money to last you for six months that's it <laughs> well i mean what they could do if you're going to run up a load of debt and well, they're not going to be oh, able to yeah. do anything else. yeah yeah, if you like, if you had two weeks to live, why not yeah, exactly. max out your credit? Why not max out your credit card? <laughs> why not go and buy a Porsche? Um, yeah, you know. This is why people do the fake death things all the time because they just, <laughs> just run up a fake bill. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I. I but the, I think once you found that out, then again, there'd be no way of unknowing it again, and it would sort of really. I wonder if it would fuck with your head too much. I think the paranoia would be. I think you'd be looking out for any little thing that would potentially be the cause of it, wouldn't you? Yeah, because I never, I never think of uh, knowing the actual way I was going to die. It's just like, how long have I got? But then, yeah, that would really mess with your mind a bit in that in that respect, wouldn't mm. it? Hmm. Interesting. Be like them films, what were they called? Final Destination or something where they kept um Have you ever seen any of those? I can't say that I have, no. I think they put the fear of God into everybody back in the two thousand. <laughs> oh, why? What were the tell me about them? The concept is is that death was its own entity. Um yeah. so every film in the franchise would start with one individual is part of a group, be it a friendship group or they're on a plane or on a train or something like that. Um, and they'd have a premonition of a big disaster that was going to happen in like a few minutes. So the first film was a, a plane crash. Um, mm -hmm. He has a premonition of that. Then there's a roller coaster crash in one of them at the beginning, um, a bridge collapse in another, in another film. Um, so once they kind of snap out the premonition, um, they start noticing little signs of death at work, um, which uh -huh. makes them click that something's not right. And they have a panic and they end up getting out of the situation. And it just so happens that with that panic, a group of people that also would have died in that situation are removed from it as well. Um, oh. And over the course of the films, the idea is that death has a set design for everybody. Everyone's supposed to die in a certain order. And because they've skipped it in that big accident, death then comes back and takes them out in the order they would have died originally. Um, oh, but it's, interesting. It's, it's wacky stuff. It'll be, there was one in one of the films where a teacher had survived the plane crash and she's in a kitchen um, 
death tampers with everyday objects. So it, I can't remember how it fully happened, but it she fills a cup full with vodka. Death makes the cup crack a little, and as she leans over the computer, the vodka pours into the computer, which caused a mini a mini spark, which causes the screen to explode. So glass goes in her neck. She pulls oh. the glass. She pulls the glass Gosh. out. She slips on the blood, goes into the kitchen to get a tea towel, falls in front of the the oven. Um, and as she pulls down the tea towel, um, it causes a knife to go in, go into her. Okay, and this is then, ridiculous now. <laughs> it's very cleverly done, though. And then the oven yeah. explodes, and then the oven door pushes the knife in further and that's done oh, I mean, good, good. As, oh, as the films as the franchise has gone on they've got more wacky and eater but the first one is really cleverly it does make you think that think sounds and worry really interesting a bit. Mm, yeah. very good very good horror films but yeah it was an interesting concept the idea that you're all supposed to die at a certain time in a certain order and if if you cheat it by any any means that it comes back around to get you again and not in, from another direction yeah, but they did a lot of stuff with like hairdressers and some bed salons. Like as the as the franchise has gone on, it's got a bit more everyday stuff that everybody does. Yeah, um, and I think it caused a bit of extra paranoia in the people that watched it. But yeah, give give one of them a go, Anita. It's quite a good. Um... Yeah, yeah. In fact, you might see the thing on Facebook. Actually, there's usually a photograph of a um, an American lorry. You know that have got the massive logs on yeah, the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the caption will always be, "If you know, you know." Um, okay. And that's okay. I think that's out the second second film with the the lorry and the massive logs. But yeah, give give them a pop. <laughs> um, just this is a bit off topic. Um, it's what we do best. <laughs> That's what we always do. Um, I I know you posted the other week about that uh, series on Netflix or whatever it was. um, Oh, Dark Mirror. Yes. So we'd watched the first episode Mm -hmm. and I I thought, oh, this is is thought-provoking. This is interesting. I quite enjoyed it. That was the one with the, the, the Prime Minister and the pig. Oh yes, where well, he had to get freaky with it. Yeah, yeah. To save to save this hostage's life, supposedly. And I thought because that, like, we obviously sort of had a bit of a discussion about it afterwards. Um, so I thought, oh, this is this is this is interesting because it you know brings up moral issues and all sorts mm-hmm. of things. Um, but the second one was so stupid. Mm-hmm. That was the people on the treadmill. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I spent most of the time going, "What?" The yeah, fuck? I think that was meant to be but, like a future society comedy, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it would, yeah. And and I don't think I actually stuck that out to the end because I sort of thought it was a bit ridiculous and it wasn't nearly as interesting as the first one. Um, and that's as far as we've got with that. So I don't know. Well. Watch is it worth watching a couple more? Do you know what? I watched every season, all of mm. them. Um mm. and, and same as you really, they, they were thought provoking. Some of them were, were just fucking boring. I just couldn't get into them. Um there mm. was 
one in particular. Let me just pull up Netflix and find out which it is. I won't ruin it, um, but basically the um, outer story is there's a young teenager. Um, he's just got a normal weekend job in a restaurant. One night is at home with his sister and she's on a phone and an advert pops up for women, basically like a, a sex line thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So he goes upstairs, opens his laptop and masturbates. And oh, before, bastard. Yeah, <laughs> before that, his he caught his sister on his laptop. She'd stolen it and she was trying to download um, software to mm. just watch normal films with that gave him a virus. So mm. later on, he does the whole masturbation thing on the laptop and he gets a message through on tech, on email saying that mm. they know what he's done. And if he doesn't give them his telephone number, he's going to out, they're going to send the video to everybody. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> so obviously he panics because mm. he clicks on that he's mm-hmm. been doing what he's been doing. Yep. And the whole the whole episode is basically these anonymous people giving him orders and commands to complete certain tasks, but there's other people that have been dragged into it as well. Mm-hmm. So he'll, he'll get told to meet somebody at a certain place with a certain object at this time, and he'll meet them. They seem a bit sketchy, but then it turns out they're being controlled as well by these people because they've got something on them as well. Um, but the twist at the end, because you spend the entire thing feeling dead sorry for this teenager, because mm. the majority of us have probably been there doing what we did. <laughs> but the twist is so dark at the end; it's it kind of threw me off. Actually, it was quite surprising and how clever how they'd made you feel one way throughout the majority of it, and then turned it round at the end. Let me just um, Ooh, find now out. Now I want to watch that episode. That Let sounds me just interesting. Type it in. What's it called? Black Mirror. Um, Shut up and dance, mm-hmm. which is season three, episode three. Oh, okay, okay. So but I've yeah. only watched. I've only watched first two episodes of season one. I didn't actually realise even that there were three seasons. So there's quite a quite a number of them. Well, I don't know. They've done it because season mm-hmm. one's got three episodes, or apparently. Ah, okay. Yeah. Season two's only got two, four, four episodes. Yeah, I mean they're they're over an hour long, so it is quite a lot. Yeah. Of but yeah, some of them are just ridiculous and boring. But I think they are all connected in a way because they've all got these same the same technology running throughout mm. throughout the the episodes. They've all got these. I suppose it's like virtual virtual reality chips where they can see things through their eyes that kind of runs throughout all of them. So I suppose that they okay. are connected, but yeah, it, just, it wasn't what I thought it was. And it wasn't as enticing as I thought it was. It's definitely mm. not the best TV program that I've yeah, seen. Well, like I said, you know, the first one I found quite interesting, but the second one was just really stupid. And yeah, that's as far as we got. There's one Did with Miley, watch- Miley Cyrus, mm. just avoid that one. It's Dreadful. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of hers. So <laughs> that annoying song is everywhere, and it won't go away because it gets in my head. That flower song. Oh, God, that went on for weeks, didn't it? Uh, just it, it, 
uh, for a while there, I just felt like it was haunting me because it was just everywhere I go, I'd mm-hmm. hear it. It's stuck in my head. It's like, really? Get out. Get out now. <laughs> but anyway. Um, did you, just talking about telly, did you uh, partake in the squid games? I didn't. You know, I keep toying with it. I just can't do subtitles on it. They imitate mm-hmm. the, the hell out of them. Yeah. Um, I, I started watching it and I and I thought, oh, I'm going to like this. This is really weird. Um, I think this may be the first episode. But, again, then it just seemed to go a bit sort of pear-shaped and I just lost interest. <laughs> so, um, but it was sort of, for me, it had promise, but then it started not to deliver. So it was like I didn't watch any more of it. So I don't know. I don't know how it ended. I don't know what happened, though. So. It's very popular, even like with in the music. I don't. I mean, I couldn't tell you yes. what the theme tune was for it, but a lot of no. the YouTube channels I follow are individual composers and stuff that redo other people's work. And Squid Games always is one of the first things that they do when they do new oh, really? new covers. Yeah, interesting. But no, I, I never never really got into it. I kind of lost interest when I kept seeing it, it looked like a giant baby robot thing and I just thought, oh no, it's not, it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit weird. That was a bit weird. And I, I'm, I'm a lot more crime documentary on um, Netflix rather than the full TV series. I struggle to get into things. Mm. Um, we have quite different taste and we often struggle to find something to watch together so we don't actually watch that much telly together anyway but um well what's Andrew into um he likes viking things historical things Mm -hmm. and science fiction things none of which (laughs) interest me in the slightest but um my my uh, at the moment my my guilty pleasure I don't look at it that often because now again I'll watch an episode is uh, that thing called Glow Up. It's a makeup thing. Oh, I've not watched it, but I've seen it. Yeah, it's just, look, it's just, it's fairy floss. It's it's just um, a competition and people get eliminated because they perform crap on the day and then someone wins and that's it. But I just, I, I just like watching it purely for the fantasy thing of the, of the makeup so yeah, and obviously Andrew's not mm-hmm. interested in anything like that. <laughs> you could do some guinea pig runs with your makeup kits on him and <laughs> wean oh him into God. it slowly. Well, uh, tease got... his hair, tease, tease his hair, his hair. black black eyeliner and black nail polish, like Tim mentioned, does. It's a good look. I'll, I mean, I do like men with nail polish and stuff, but uh, he won't be one of them. Because he's just not that sort of man. <laughs> I don't mind. There's quite a few um, butcher people on social media. Let's put it that way. That um, have got into the whole nail polish thing, and I think it looks all right. Oh, look! I've again, if some if if, if man paints his nails, it it, uh, it doesn't affect me one way or the other. Um, if they want to do that, that's cool. But yeah, I'm I'm cool with it. It's fine. It's fine. I think that industry's changed a lot. I know, especially in boots, there's they've got entire men's makeup range in now. Just yeah, now, like yeah. the beard guys and the yeah, and whatnot. Yep. And some yep. of it's quite good. Their um, yeah. BB cream, 
foundationy stuff rather good. Um, I remember once I was sitting on a train in London and there was a, a young boy with his mum. I mean, I think he was probably pre-pubescent age and I noticed that he had his nails painted mm. and just as they got up to get off, I leaned over him and I said, oh, I love your nail polish. <laughs> why not? Why not? I, I kind of, I like, I like going up to random unknown people and giving them a compliment about something and then just walking away. So I think it's a nice concept. If I did that to somebody, they think I've escaped the nut house. If I just went up to somebody, <laughs> I don't know. Even if you try, if you if I'm nice to people on social media, they're a bit kind of like, "Why? What are you after?" What? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not. I'm just <laughs> just complimenting your photo. It's a nice picture. <laughs> well, I usually like to like you know go up to someone who's kind of got something really unusual going on. Like, mm-hmm you know, really interesting clothes or interesting colour hair or, you know, out there makeup or something. Just sort of people who are a bit unusual, you know, just like just go up to them and say, yes, tattoos are stunning or I love the mm. colour of your hair or you just look amazing what you're wearing or, and then just walk away. I mean, it can't be a bad thing, can it? It can't, and I do like watching. No. There's people on YouTube that specifically do that thing. I mean, they're probably just doing it for likes and clicks, but yeah, it always puts a smile on your face when you're watching them just doing it to random people, or they'll just randomly give somebody a hundred dollars and be like, "Here, yeah, take, take yeah. it." Yeah. Well, again, I I, can't, I like um, you know, going Costa, and I'll pay for an extra coffee and tell the people to just give it to some random mm. person that comes in after I've gone. Like, you know, there's enough shitty things happening in the world. It's you know doesn't doesn't hurt to just be randomly nice to a stranger. What now and again does it? It doesn't. It makes you feel better as well, doesn't it? It's especially when everything's so negative all the time. Mm. Just mm. having that bit of kindness put back in. Yeah, and I think even more so at times like Christmas. You know. Mm-hmm. Lots of people really lonely and stuff. Oh, I can't. That, that's the one thing that really does tug on my heartstrings because without saying where I work, I'll be working um, mm-hmm. the online industry and Christmas mm-hmm. Day especially. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of yeah. people on their own that are on the website. Yep. So just yep. being being there. I mean, I'm not that I'm yep. asked about Christmas anyway, but mm. um, just being there for those people, I yeah. think kind of gives you more out of Christmas than it does the traditional stuff. Yeah. Um, I've done the sort of uh, volunteer on Christmas Day to give out food to people, mm. you know. Um, I remember one year I made oh, so many Christmas cakes and <laughs> cut them all up and took them along to where I was giving out food you know it was like hot food in sort of plastic takeaway container things but then mm. i brought along all these fruit cakes to give away give to people as well just oh just you know i never i've never struggled on christmas and always had plenty and 
it must be horrible to have no family or and or not have enough to even have nice food so or presents not, for your kids or what, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, look, I've had Christmas days where I have I have been by myself for most of the day, mm. but that that was fine. That was fine. I didn't struggle with it. Um, but, you know, people do, don't they, because it's, it's the time when you're together with the people that you love and stuff and, and it'd be yeah. it'd be really hard if you didn't have enough money to do stuff for your kids that you wanted to. That'd be tough as well. Yeah, and I think I think that's heightened now, especially with social media, when you've got people not that they shouldn't post it on there, but when they post that they've got all these presents and spent thousands on gifts and yeah. stick it all over Facebook, and then you've got somebody that's not in that position having to look at that. 50 times a day on social media can't be that hard can't be the there's, easy um, there's a you know how you kind of watch one or two reels and then the, the more you watch the more it appears kind of thing <laughs> yeah. the old algorithm kicking in um but there's this fellow i just i like watching his stuff because he, he he just takes the piss um he he's always dressed in you only just see his, his head and shoulders and he's it looks like he's lying on pillows, but he's got some sort of um he sort of onesie thing on or something. Um he's called what's his thing called? Um Shab it's S H A B A Z and then says S A Y S, it's all one word. That's oh, yeah. that's his name. But what he does is you know when you see those things and they just make me want to puke. Um seemingly very well-off people and they do their Sunday restocking and they put everything in containers with labels and all packaging fits exactly yeah container that they're going to put them in and you don't usually see the person you often just see their hands doing all this restocking and sort of arranging lovely things on plates and it's just amazing because they have all these clear containers in their fridge and all the things they buy like the yogurt and the cheese and that fits exactly in the thing so that and he just but what he says and there's other things there was another one where these people who lived in this huge house in america and they built a replica house miniaturized as for a playhouse for their child and the woman was showing you through this playhouse that they built for their child. Anyway, this bloke just comments. He goes the whole time. He goes, "Oh yes, look at you with your with your all your yogurt packets that fit exactly in your container." And then, and then he goes to the person who's watching, "But you can't do that because you're povo, and you can't oh. even afford." It's it's so funny because he's what he's really doing is taking the piss out of these rich people. <laughs> Doing? Have you seen it? Have you seen any of it? Is it this guy? Let me just play his voice. Head friend, let me take you on a tour of your poverty via ice. It's twenty twenty three, and true wealth is not measured by how much money you have in your bank account. Yeah, that's him. Is that him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have seen. Shabbos says, yeah, and sometimes someone will do something a bit weird, and he always goes, "What? What's that?" What on God's green earth is that? And it just makes me laugh. He's, I just find him hilarious, and I don't really know why, but, yeah, he's funny. He's funny. 
think the one that I did see was a girl taking juice out of the bottle and putting them into plastic see-through milk yes. carton shaped bottles and putting them back in the fridge. Yes, yes. And he 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 did his nut one time because someone emptied something into said containers, but it filled up one and a half. Yes. And he's like, "Oh, you're not going to? Oh, for, oh no, you can't. Do, no, that's not how this works. It's not how this works. You've got to. It's got. They've got to fit exactly and be full to the top." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, whatever. However, he hit on that idea. I I do for some reason. I. I very much like watching him, which is pathetic, really, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's clever how to get them niches. There's one one guy that's very feminine. He's got his nails really long. He's always wearing a a flat cap. He's got his makeup done, and he watches. Mm. He reacts to videos of people doing makeup, but the start of the makeup looks absolutely appalling. Like nothing good's ever going to come out of it. Mm. Um, and he does a commentary. Yeah, not slagging them off, but he has digs and jibes, and then at the end of the video, the the woman looks absolutely stunning, and he's like, "Yeah, okay, I I take it back. It was um, yeah, oh. worth it." I I just wouldn't I think, know where to start with stuff like that. Like, I think I just I've got to admire people because their 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 cleverness of just thinking of a different oh. approach and a different perspective on something, even if it's not something that's kind of you know earth shattering. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, who cares what what the people put in their fridges in their big houses um but uh, yeah it's just a different angle a different take and it's it's funny it's funny because it's original there's um there's a a fella that i follow on instagram and his uh name is deputy dog radar (laughs) and it's got an underscore between both words and the guy's a police officer and he's got a Malinois. So obviously I've got like, it's like, oh, it's a Malinois. I'm, I'm obviously I'm interested, but, but he does the same. And the guy is hot as fuck. Oh my God. Anyway, that's, 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 it's like 50, 50, it's 50, 50. Anyway. So he's sitting in his police car. All you ever see is his face. And then behind him, he's got like, uh, the crate that his dog is in. It's mm. a police a radar. Is a police dog, and he he films himself and he opens the little latch thing and the you know radar comes out and then he's just it's it's him basically eating all these different foods and he shares them <laughs> with the dog and then he rates them. He rates them as doggo excitement, crunchiness, <laughs> mess factor. <laughs> But but the only thing that this dog doesn't eat is bananas, apparently. Um, but, yeah, I just, well, it's 50-50 looking at him and because I just love the dog. <laughs> His dog's just cool as hell. And and I love, too, because, like, he'll, he'll give himself one and give the dog one and then the dog will try and take the one that he's trying to give to himself. <laughs> literally out of his hands or out of his mouth and he kisses and he kisses his dog and like we kiss our dog and you know I'm not we don't mind about our dog kissing us um yeah I just love them sharing food and then rating the snacks and he's a bit of eye candy so but I've noticed that there's other people copying him 
Well, I'm assuming yeah. that he was the original. He might not have been the original, but I know that I've noticed there's a few others as well. But they're just not as good as him. People, it doesn't take long for people to click what's working. It's like we Catch said with the um, to another idea. Yeah, yeah, and try and imitate it. We said it with the um, online personal trainers. There's one from up this way in Newcastle that F's and Jeffs, and he's got no problem calling you a fat fuck on the on mm. the thing. Um, What's his name? Can you remember? Team RH oh, is called. Okay. Um, Sounds like he models himself on James Smith. See, I don't know who that is, so possibly. Possibly. Oh, God. James Smith is huge. He's like worldwide. Gosh, that's me. Let me have a quick yeah. James Smith. Yeah. Um, originally uh, from London Way. Um, oh yes no i have seen him he did diary of a sea seal with them yes he's written a few books i mean he he has worked incredibly hard and now he's literally world famous and he does like tours all different countries does speaking things and he's literally um he's just immigrated to australia and sort of paid cash for a house on the beach um yeah so but he's just like he'll critique what other people are saying about, you know, diet and exercise and the whole thing. Um, he's a PT. Uh, but, yeah, I think just because of his big personality and mm-hmm. his outspokenness and his um, willingness to call out bullshit, um, and he's also, you know, obviously a successful businessman. Um, and he literally... Oh no! I'd, oh no! Oh no! Oh, not the head, but the rest. Of, <laughs> the rest of it. Yeah, no, he, did, he doesn't. I have a lot of admiration from him, but he doesn't do it for me at all. So, if you're listening, James, sorry, he won't. He wouldn't give a shit anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but you know, again, he's the one that's like, if you want to lose fat, eat in the calorie deficit. That's the end of the story. Oh, you've um, shattered my dreams. Maybe he is the um, original one and this other guy's copying. I've got to say. Well, there's there's a there's a guy from somewhere in uh, Ireland as well who, again, um, same principles, you know, calorie deficit, lose fat sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a PT, but he does a lot of stuff. A lot of his videos are on cooking and food and he's setting up an app and he's got an academy and stuff. So he's very much doing, and mm. he swears all the time as well. Um, so he's very much, I'm not saying he's modelled himself on James, but he's he's of the same uh, category or ilk, if you like. But when it comes down to it, what he's saying is is, is solid and sensible. So, yeah, if he makes Go a check them out. himself as well. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to him. Good luck to him. Yeah. I think I struggle with some because, I mean, you might you might have have the same with being in the fitness industry. Um, mm. You'll get used to seeing certain people advertise themselves a certain way on face on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and when you do watch influencers that have a certain way of doing things, and then you watch the people you do know try and 
imitate it comes off a little bit weirder maybe um mm, yeah can do can i know do. a couple they've started off they're just yeah average every day they've become a personal trainer they're doing relatively well and now all of a sudden they're swearing on the videos and you're thinking okay you've taken <laughs> you're trying yeah. a tactic that you knows knows probably going to work because somebody else has made it successful it's yeah. the same with the makeup and murder thing um i think bailey serian i absolutely adore watching her on mondays um mm. but there's now an english version that again does her makeup while telling true crime stories she adds her own little twists in here and there but you know. oh yes i think I've, I've is she american yeah really really yeah, pretty I mean, thing with black hair yes. well, she has black hair at the minute yes um, i think i've seen a few of her things too yeah but that's a um <sighs> That's a that's, <laughs> um, that's a funny combination to put together, isn't it? It is. I think my other half was like, "What are you watching makeup videos for?" I'm like, "I'm not. I'm just listening to what she's saying." But watching Watch her the, do, yeah, yeah, Which watching her do the the makeup is quite fascinating, actually. And it's not my not my thing to watch as makeup, but yeah, I enjoy watching her doing it. You'd look good with a bit of eyeliner. I used to wear it quite a lot, you know, the eyeliner <laughs> thing. I think I might have stopped before, um, not long before I met you, but I used to wear it quite a lot. Um, it, is do you um, know? Don't know if I've ever mentioned to him, mentioned him to you before in conversation. Um, an Australian named Tim Minchin. Do you know him? No, is he somebody that I could Google, or is he Facebook? Uh, YouTube. He mention. he is. I'm never sure if this is the word, but I'm going to use it because <laughs> it's 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 the only one that describes. He's unpigeonholable because he's a he's a classically trained musician. He's a composer. He's also a stand-up comedian. He's also extremely extremely smart, but. I don't know anybody else who is even remotely like him. Um, I've seen him live a few times, but I've lots I've w- watched heaps and heaps of him on YouTube and stuff. So he oh, he, yeah. write, he writes his own song. Well, see, I've gone off on another tangent. Here. Um, <laughs> but he became he tried to in inverted commas make it in Australia for a long time, not particularly successfully. Mm. And it wasn't until he went to the um, Edinburgh Comedy Festival and he started um, teasing his hair and wearing tons of black eyeliner and black nail polish, and that, along with his sort of really witty, acerbic, sarcastic songs, all of a sudden he was like famous or you know, that's kind of was the point at which he became really famous because of what he did at the comedy festival. Um, and now he's like, you know, world tours and all that sort of stuff. But he looks a little bit like the old Russell brand with, the, with his hair teased and the mm. eyeliner. Yeah, not saying, yeah, yeah. Not saying yeah. that's what's influenced him, but that's what that's what he reminds me of with the um, yeah. older videos. He's, um, is just extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. Um, and the thing from a musical perspective, the thing about him that fascinates me is um, 
I, mean, I, know, I know this sort of, he can neither read nor write music. Um, mm. But, like, I went to see him a couple of weeks ago, um, but his musical genius is just a thing to behold. He's just extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary, and he's very, very clever with words. Um, and if it, <laughs> but I do, yeah, I do love that look. He's come away for a little bit now, but I do love that look of the of the sort of mad hair and the black eyeliner and the nail polish and stuff. I find it really attractive. The old Johnny Depp look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose it is a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah, but I've, yes, I've always been quite partial to that anyway. So, But I'm just trying to think of one particular song that I could tell you to just go and have a listen to. But... To be fair, yeah. he's not got that many on his... YouTube, to be fair, I think there's about maybe 20 videos on there. Mm. Um, Confirmation Bias is the first one that's... Yes, that's that's where, I, that's where I learned about it from him, where I actually, you know, heard it. Oh, called, yeah, of course, that's what we've been talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we've just done a big circle. And he's dropped, yeah, we have. We've just come back threefold. <laughs> but, but it was him talking at his concert about confirmation bias that actually opened my eyes to it, if you like, because I'd, I'd never consciously realised it was a thing until he spoke about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's where I learned about it from him. But... But he writes his his songs are satirical and they're pointed and they take the piss out of people who deserve to have the piss well and truly taken out of them. Um, yeah, so and he's Australian and you know it's all good. Makes him ten times better, Anita. Oh, we do oh, like yes. the Australians. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> oh, check the time. We've we've an hour and forty five minutes. That, that, yes. that went quickly though. My dog's probably chewing her own paws off with hunger. <laughs> and I'm about to piss myself, so <laughs> I might have to round it up. <laughs> yes, I had a big, I had a huge cup of tea before we started, so yes. I'm in a similar boat. So, <laughs> so let's go and have a piss and uh, end end it on end it on that end it on, lovely, <laughs> on that lovely note. <laughs> right, my darling, I shall speak uh, to you hopefully next goody. week. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure as always. It has. Mm. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Mm, you too, my love. Speak to you next week. Speak to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.